Now, if God is controlling you and Christ is controlling you and lives on the inside of you, put your name in there. Peter Armato suffereth long. John Henry envieth not. And you go right down there and you put your name in those places. If this does not describe your character, something is wrong with your testimony. Can you see that? Can you see that? Love will solve most of all of our problems if we love the way we should. One of the things that I want these kids to learn when they come to Bible college is just the facts. No. I want them to learn to love God. Because if they don't love God when they leave here, they'll amount to nothing. It won't matter how much Greek they know, Hebrew they know, personal evangelism, all the stuff. It'll profit nothing if they don't learn how to love God. They can go through the motions and play games, and the world is full of people that are, oh, we call them hypocrites. That man told me one time, says, I don't go to church. I said, why not? He said, hypocrites there. I said, we got room for one more. I said, there's hypocrites at the gas station. You go there. There's hypocrites at the grocery store. Do you still go there? I bet you there's hypocrites where you work. You still go there? I said, if you don't, you're a hypocrite. He didn't like that. I don't know why. But you go down through here, and one of the things that he talks about in the last verse of chapter 13, but now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, the greatest of these is not your faith that you have. It's your love that you have. But I want to show you something else. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. See, after you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, the reason you trusted Him as your Savior, because you heard that He loved you and paid for your sins, and so you accepted Him as your Savior, and He gives you eternal life. So you were saved by your faith in what he said and what he did. He paid for my sins and he said if I believed it, he'd give me eternal life. Do you have eternal life? Yes, I do. How do you know? Because he said so. I'd never had a chill and a thrill and a lightning bolt shooting up down my spine. I've never had a Holy Ghost bit. I just, he said it and I believe it. And that's how I know I have eternal life. But now notice what he says here. Look at verse 38 of chapter 10. Now the just, that's us, those who have trusted Christ as Savior, shall live. We're not dead yet. You got a pulse, you got a purpose. Shall live how? By faith. So now we're not talking about how to get saved. We're talking about how the saved, the just, shall live. Then he explains to us in chapter 11 what it means to live by faith. So you look there in uh, Verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've got faith. I can't see the end result. I can't see God. I can't see heaven. I can't see hell. But I've got faith in the one who promised, and that is the evidence that I need. I put my faith in what Christ said. And get what he says in verse 3. Through faith we understand. Through faith we understand. You see, you learn how to trust God when you don't understand from the human perspective. In verse 4, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death because he had 
well, such great faith and a great testimony. And he was, and he was not, for God took him. And then in verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham. And you'll notice that as you go down through here, all this by faith, by faith. Look in verse 20. By faith, Isaac. 21, by faith, Jacob. Verse 22, by faith, Joseph. Verse 23, by faith, Moses. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho. Do you realize how much can be accomplished by faith? But this is not faith without works. This is a person believing what God said and doing what God says. Now, when God says you want to go to heaven, it's by faith alone because you're trusting what he did. But God wants to reward us when we get to heaven. Use us here because he has a purpose. He has a plan. And he wants us to be obedient to him. So I could go back through here with this same principle that we used just a moment ago over there in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 13 about love and God and faith in ourselves. Look up there in verse 4 of chapter Hebrews one more time. And this is faith because of what they believed. And so in verse 4, because of what they believed, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Because of what he believed, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But in verse 6, because of what he believed, he says he was able to please God. Because you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek to please him. So every one of these in verse 7, because he believed God, Noah been warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark and the saving of his house. You see, when you say, I'm going to live by faith, means I'm going to live according to what I believe. Because I believe God. I take God at His word. So faith is the ability to trust God. Faith, I'm taking God at His word. That what He has promised, He is also able to perform. And I can trust Him and I believe Him. Now, He already says that Without faith and without love, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And without love, it's impossible to um, amount to anything. He says, without me, you can do nothing. So then you go back and you look at this verse and you think, well, what else can I put in there? Well, because you see, when you obey the Lord, why do you obey the Lord? Because I love him, and he told me to do this, so I do that. My daddy told me to go get some stove wood, I go get some stove wood. Why? Because I love my dad. No, I was scared to death of him. I knew what was going to happen if I didn't go get that wood. I never heard my mother or my dad ever say, I love you. I did respect them, because I knew that what they can do to me. And they very often, they did. I am here only by the grace of God. My daddy wasn't a fisherman, but we did go on a few whaling expeditions. I was taken out behind the, the barn a lot of times, and sometimes never even made it that far. By obedience 
Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Why? Because God told him to do this. Because he believed God, he did what God said do. Now see, if you love the Lord, you don't mind doing what God says do. But when you don't love him, it's so hard serving God. That's why in the book of Deuteronomy he says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness of heart, I will put a yoke of, of what? Iron upon your neck until it destroys you. Because you didn't serve God with joyfulness of heart. In other words, it's a drudgery. It's just a burden to go to church, study the Bible, do right. And I'm just getting sick and tired of doing all this right. I want to see what's on the other side. Look how much good stuff God is withholding from me out there. Why do you think your kids, when they get old enough, they want to leave home? Because you have withheld all those good things from them while they were young. And they got to see what's on the other side of the fence. What they've been missing out on all their life. So most kids, when they get old enough and they can, as soon as they get off out of the house, pew, they're gone. Now, not all the time. There's a few of them that in the process, this is why when kids are young, you got to get those kids as much as possible to fall in, I should hate to use the word fall, but to grow in love with the Lord. Because if they don't love it now, they're not going to love it later. And you'll wonder why. What happened? And this is why so few people that when they get to be college age, don't go to Bible college. Because their heart is set upon either making money or a career, whatever they want to do, you know, the security of life. As though if I put God first, he won't take care of me. He won't meet my needs. So because of a lack of faith in God, it makes a difference in your whole life. And you rob yourself and there's no profit and you've wasted your life. And it happens to so many. You only get one trip through this life. No reruns, no instant replays, just one trip through. And so he makes a statement there in verse 5. By obedience, Enoch was translated that he should not sit deaf. Why? Because he had a testimony that pleased God. He walked with God. Why? Because he loved the Lord. And verse 7. By faith, Noah, or by obedience, Noah, because of what he believed, Noah. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Why are you here tonight? Why do you want to come to college? Why do you want to take and have a good Christian home? Why are you looking for that perfect individual that you might want to marry someday? What do you want out of life? Put God first in everything and you love him and he says all these other things will be added to you. But if you forsake the Lord and you run into the world looking for the happiness and the peace, the so-called joy and the temporary pleasures of the world, you're going to lose. But you put God first. And God will not withhold anything that's good for you. You'll win in the long run. Verse 8, by obedience, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. What's that word? What's that very next word? Look in your Bible. It's right there. What is the next word? Obeyed. He obeyed. Up there in verse 7, because of Noah, he prepared. He 
did what God says do. What did God tell Noah to do? Build an ark. Did he do it? He built an ark. And when he told Abraham to leave a country and go into a place that had never been before, he took God at his word. And because of that one man, we're here today as children of Abraham by faith. God promised Abraham something and Abraham believed and God used him. God blessed him. God says that his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for a person that he can show himself strong on his behalf. God wants to use somebody. And that's why he made the statement about David. Even though David messed up, he was still a man after God's own heart. He still loved the Lord. But can you love the Lord and still mess up? Yeah. Do you think Peter messed up? Do you think he still loved the Lord though? We live in a life that has a lot of problems and we have a lot of fear. We are afraid of the unknown. We are afraid to die. We're so easily terrorized. We can be terrorized by the simple fact that you can have some physical ailments in your body and you can't maybe figure out how to cure it. Or you are afraid of growing old because you don't know if the body's going to keep going or if you're going to have any money. And I listen to time. I, every time I turn on the radio, they're always talking about how to get me to uh, live past my money. And I think, why are they telling? Everybody wants it. They want me to give them their money so they can tell me how to keep my money. And I ain't quite figured that out. They, they want my money. That's how, they're trying to figure out how to make a living by trying to tell me how to make a living and how to save my money. But I guess that's all right if they can make you some money. But I don't care. I just know that uh, you need to make sure that you're growing spiritually. And you're laying up treasures in heaven. And as you go through this, it's, it's amazing. You can do the same thing in verse 20. By obedience, Isaac blessed Jacob. In verse 21, and by obedience, Jacob. In verse 22, and by obedience, Joseph. And the same thing with Moses. Now, you go back there and now look in verse 4. Look in verse 4. In verse 4, could be read this way. Because Abel... Love God, he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Verse 5, because Enoch loved God, he was translated, he should not see death. In verse 7, because he loved God, Noah been warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his house. In verse 8, because he loved God, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he'd have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. You see, you can take, because see, lo, lo, that is what love does. Because you love the Lord, you, you hear what he says, and you want to obey because you've got faith in what God says. You can trust the Lord. A lot of people don't trust God. They just think he's going to let them down. Oh, I can trust God to give me eternal life, but can I trust him to give me a hamburger from day to day? Can I trust the Lord with my wife? Can I trust the Lord with my kids? Can I trust the Lord with my grandkids? You see, we got families. we got to live. But the greatest thing we can ever teach our kids that are coming up after us is to learn how to trust the Lord and love Him with all their heart. Put Him first. And the only way I can teach that is I must do that. I must live that way. My children, they may learn it from somebody else, but they didn't learn it from their daddy. They didn't learn how to smoke from their daddy. And they didn't learn how to drink from their daddy. I saw that from my daddy. 
But my daddy and mom, they didn't know. Nobody taught them. So I was raised up not understanding so much. And then when I finally trusted the Lord, I'd finish the 10th grade, run away from home, join the Navy. I'm sick and tired of people telling me what I could and couldn't do. I didn't say I was the brightest kid on the block. My mother thought I was bright. She called me son. But you go down through these verses and you can see that because they loved the Lord, boom, they did this. And because they loved the Lord, boom, they did that. Look, look at something else. I want to show you this before we close. Look in chapter 11. Look what it says in verse 23. This is about a guy you've heard an awful lot. And that's Moses. Because he loved God, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now this goes all the way back to his mom and dad. And then he says in verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, made the choice, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I guess you could say he was next in line to be Pharaoh. Look who he was. He spent 40 years, 40 years learning all the wisdom of Egypt. And God had to put him on the backside of a desert and unlearn him. That he didn't have much confidence in himself. Took away all of his wealth. Now he's just out there herding sheep. Forty years later, he just walks up into the mountain. Next thing you know, there's a burning bush. And God had to use him after he got him settled and humbled when he realized that I can't do that. I can't do that. Lord said, I, I want you to go down there and tell them. I said, let my people go. He says, I, I don't want to go down there. Get somebody else. I can't talk well. He gave five excuses. And God gave him five solutions. He answered every one of them. But he didn't want to do it. Because he, he had failed before. And even 40 years later, that still haunts. There is things that happens in our life sometime. And when we fail, we don't want to admit that, you know, yeah, I did it. But I got to get over it and move on. But some people can't get over it. They hang on to things that have happened. And somebody that's wronged them or some failure I've had in my life. And they forget that God is a God of second chance. And God can always use you. If you just believe him and trust him. Just because you've failed or messed up your life, you don't have to lay in the mud the rest of your life. God forgives. Get up. Start walking. You may not have started well, but you sure can finish well. And so Moses refused to be called. Look in verse 25. Choosing. That's a choice. Rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. What's different about his decision and ours? What's different? What's really different? No difference. He had to make a decision just like we have to. You can seek after the pleasures of the world. Or you can decide to serve the Lord. Then he says there in verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. In other words, the reproach of Christ, he thought was more, I guess you say, of value, greater value, than all the treasures that he had in Egypt. Not the riches of Christ, the reproach that he had to go through. Because he knew that when it's all over with, 
the Lord is going to richly reward him. So you got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek to please him. So nobody can make you please God. Nobody can make you love God. Nobody can make you obey him. But he says, if you love me, this is what I want you to do. And so nobody has to force me to do anything. Nobody forces Yankee to go to church. Nobody makes me teach a Bible college class except Bob Gilbert. But I do it because I, I want to teach. I want to do it. I mean, I do it next semester, but I mean, I want to do it. But it's easier when you do things because you want to do them. True? Don't you think it's a shame the way we twisted that man's arm and forced him with a gun to play that banjo tonight? He acted like he really enjoyed it, didn't he? And it's a lot better if he does it because he wants to. Then us trying to make him do it, like we're trying to get him to stay Sunday. <laughs> but understanding this, let me show you. When love waxes cold, and people get to the place where iniquity abounds in their life, you're either going to have love for the Lord and a clean life, or you're going to be cold toward the Lord, and it's going to be a sinful life. It's a choice. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. Now, we all have sin on us. God loves us. He hates our sin. And because he loves us, he can't love sin. Because if you love flowers, you can't love weeds. Because weeds kill flowers. But God loves us. And he hates our sin, and the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God in hell. And because we have all sinned, we're all condemned. So everybody's in the same boat. Nobody's any different than anybody else. We've all been born, we all sin, we're all going to die. Now to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect, none of us are righteous. The Bible says that God is perfect, but we have all come short of God's perfection, short of his glory. So God says, you cannot save yourself. How can I get rid of my sin? Well, you don't get rid of your sin by trying to cover it up. It's still there. It's on the inside of us. It's our nature. And so we've, we've all sinned and we're all condemned and we cannot save ourselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Jesus Christ was the manifestation of God's love for us. This is how God proved to us he loved us. He sent his son into the world. He lived a perfect life, didn't do anything wrong, so he didn't have to die. But because God the Father loved us, God wanted God the Son to take our sins. And because God the Father loves us and the Son loved the Father, he says, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I'll do this. He took all of the sin upon himself, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And he says the only thing that we have to do is believe he did it for us. And when you believe it, he puts that payment to your account. I got a payment for all of my sins. If I got a payment for all of my sins, it means I don't have any sins to pay for. The reason I'm going to heaven when I die because I don't have any sins to die and pay for. All my sins are paid. 
You say, you don't deserve it. I know. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I trusted Christ as my Savior. He gave me eternal life as a free gift. And I get to go to heaven on what he did for me. I'm not trying to be good to go to heaven. I don't come to church and give money or try to live a good life in order to go to heaven. I'm already going to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did for me. But I'm not there yet. I've been waiting for 57 years. It's been 57 years since I trust the Lord. So I'm still God's child. I'm going to heaven when I die. But I had this longing in my soul. I grew in love with the Lord, and I want to show the Lord how much I love him. So I want to give him my whole life. I want to live for the Lord. See, I'm not doing that to go to heaven. I'm doing it because I love him, because of what he's done for me. Of course, y'all know the difference. You know what I'm saying is true. Correct? Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, or if you're watching by internet, right on the screen it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If you've never trusted the Lord, well, I trust Him right now. And if you're in the auditorium tonight and you've never honestly ever trusted Christ as your Savior, there's no tricks to it, no gimmicks. Not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you. But I am going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand is just so that I can have a word of prayer for you. I'm not going to pin you against the wall or try to shake you down or anything like that. Don't want anything from you. No cards for you to sign. But if you've never trusted the Lord, would you just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that when Christ died, he died for me. And tonight I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Friend, if you'll do that, would you let me know by just slipping the hand up very quickly, put it right back down, they want it all. If you've already trusted the Lord, you don't have to do it again. But if you haven't trusted him, would you do it now? Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come together and study your word. And ask your blessings upon each person here. We thank you, Lord, for those that are watching by internet. We want to be a blessing to them. We ask, Father, for others that are sick or trying to heal from various surgeries. We just want your will to be done in their lives. We commit them to you and we thank you for them. And Father, we pray for a, a good Sunday, that many will come, and that we can have people trust you as Savior. It's third Sunday dinner, and we pray, Lord, that everybody will work together as they should and, and help and fill in in when others are not able to do it. And we just pray that your hand will be upon us. We thank you for this ministry and for the good reports we get from those on YouTube and and from radio, and we ask your blessings upon the Awana program, and also for Ranch tomorrow night, and for Friday night soul winning. Lord, these are things that we want our people to do because they love you, and it's not just a job. It's a way of fulfilling their responsibility because they're doing what you want them to do. We ask your blessings in Christ's name. Amen.